Welcome to the KFA Podcast, where our mission is to keep faith alive by kicking ass. So, Emil, welcome to the pod. Great to be here. Thanks for jumping on. Um, man, I'm, I'm excited to, to have you here. This, I think having you on kind of was born out of uh, a conversation we had the other day where we kind of stopped ourselves halfway and realized, man, we should have been recording this <laughs> the whole time. So I think we should just start doing our meetings like this re- recording because good stuff comes from it I when there's it. good people having conversation. But uh, I would love if, if you don't mind starting off kind of telling KFA, I know, I know, you, you know, you know, a lot of people in our community, um, but maybe a little backstory on you yourself, what brought you here, how you got here, Cliff Notes. So just, I guess, my background, um, my background's in business and finance. Mm-hmm. And so once I graduated, I worked in finance for about five, six years. And then I've always had a passion for real estate. We've always bought, flipped, uh, designed houses. And if I can do that for a living just solely, I will be in heaven. So I was like, let me buy a house, design it, flip it, the whole nine yards, you know, I'm good to go. Um, And then I've been selling real estate uh, consistently, if you will, for the past two and a half years, but but licensed since 2017. I got that primarily to, you know, on the investment side, the flip side. On the investment side. Gotcha. And um, man, how's it been going? It's been crazy. How are you hanging in there this year? It's been crazy. It's been a tough year. Um, I think I always say that when you're in real estate, you're a certain level of crazy which I like to think I am. It's like yeah. We can move heads around. We can handle a lot. We complain about it, but at the same time, we, we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of my life. A lot of people ask me, you know, you're working too much. You're working 80 hours a week. You're not working enough. Uh, I do have other things that I do operate and work outside of it. I do run a family business, and I'm running my own business and looking to grow and you know, yeah. connections um, and constantly do both. But I wouldn't have it any other way, man. It's just, I don't do this. This is just my life. I'm in real estate. I love every aspect of it. Uh, sometimes I find myself working with clients and they just literally call me up to, what's on trend right now? What's going on? How do you follow where it's just, you know, you follow Architecture Digest and you, you follow what's going yeah. on. And then sometimes we're just talking about the market and, and, you know, how that's going. But everything about it, it's it's not my job. It's just who I am and what I do. So, so yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, and I think that's good. We, we were having a conversation uh, the other day, kind of about this. Like, it's I think the people who actually enjoy what they're doing and, and enjoy the process and aren't just in it because they saw the dollar signs, the commission checks, and stuff. Oh, we are no. A little bit easier <laughs> to get through. Yeah. No. I mean, they're not always that benefit. Easy. But if you actually enjoy the conversations you're having, yes. You know that sometimes they can get redundant after you've yeah. dealt with a lot of the similar situations. But, um, but doesn't that help you get through the tough times though? If you yeah. actually enjoy what you're doing, you enjoy helping people, you enjoy it. It, it makes a world difference. To me, I mean, part of it with, so I offer, I'm with Century 21, and I operate under Hadoc Property Group. That's myself, my team, my TC. And part of it is we work, we're knowledge, creativity, and working with integrity um, is what our promise to our clients. And, you know, the, the logo for us is we treat our clients like family. I can't tell you how much that resonates with me. Um, I take pride if I'm going to put my name behind something and if I'm going to work for you it means I will treat you like family I will do everything under the sun to make sure Sure. you are taken care of even if that means deterring business away or telling you this is not a good fit for you Um, the reason I do that is we in our industry are constantly related to car salesmen nothing against car salesmen but that stigma and that we just literally push someone Mm -hmm. into a position where we just make our commission and it's fast. And I think everything that we see on social media and websites and things like that, 
it just isn't the truth. You know, there are some that way, and obviously we need to make sure we preserve the integrity uh, of our business and, you know, people in this career. But I think you have to realize the magnitude and the uh, effect that we have on people uh, when we're helping to make the biggest, if not like the only transaction, typically the biggest transaction we'll have in their life. When you're working your whole life to build a house. To a lot of people, a house could be just a house. It could be a rental. It could be a home by every definition. It could be a place where they're housing and trying to build generational wealth. So that could mean it's them, their kids, their grandmas, their parents. Um, And I think if you take that seriously, which I very much do, and I look at a holistic picture of their financial picture and their goals, um, you take a different approach to that. And it tends to be a lot more involved. It really does. It's, you know, I'm, I'm getting to know every aspect of it. Um, being working in finance, uh, I always learned, and I started out in sales, to be the best salesman is not pushing, it's asking questions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I... Contrary I, to a lot of training and a lot of yes. ways we've been told, a lot of businesses that want quick money, fast money, results, yeah. right? Which I, is American culture is, I think, it's true part of that. And I think what's nice about it too, not, you know, I am American, I've been here for 22 years and this is home for me, but I do grow up around the Middle Eastern culture and it does teach you basically we work here to, especially in the States, we're constantly trying to network and trying to build relationships mm-hmm. with people yeah. where another way I was even talking with my sister about this, that is our culture in a way. We're bred in that skill. Mm-hmm. Like when we go out and we have friends over, or we entertain it is always networking. You bring people in, they invite you over. It's not text messaging. You sit down yeah. and have conversations similar to what KFA does. It's bringing the people together and constantly allowing them the safe space to communicate and educate and work with each other. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized that our culture does the same thing. We constantly have people over for tea and coffee. Sure. Or they invite us. Or there's a little bit of a, I guess, culture way and properly handling an invitation where you have to end it with tea. And if you don't start with tea, or excuse me, coffee. If you don't have tea and then desserts, and then we talk about what's going on, then you have to force them, and then you have to end it with tea, and then more coffee at the end of it, and then you kiss, and by the time you like you say goodbye, it's like another set of kisses goodbye, and it's like a whole process. It's it's silly, and sometimes it's crazy, but you you know networking to me is as simple as like writing my name down or something. It, it's natural. You learn it. You build relationships with yeah. people, and you build trust. Right. And I think if you take that into what I do for a living, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sales without being salesy. Right. It's getting to know what they need without um, pushing it down their throat. And I think if you take the time to just follow your process and become natural and authentic when you're working with people, yeah. you know, that's all it is. I've had clients literally tell me, and I don't have, I have my marketing, my brand, and I haven't been in it as long as, you know, the megas in the business. But I have literally clients tell me, we love your energy and just the fact mm-hmm. that you've listened to us. Yeah. We're right. going to go with you. And that, that the authenticity is, people are smart. They're smarter than we give them credit for. Yes. And, and those canned scripts, I mean, you know when someone's calling you and it's a, it's a scripted, like, yeah. it's, it's really hard to seem organic when you are being scripted or when you do appear to be coming across like you're, the first thing you're looking for is what's in it for me. That's very true. And in a world like this, it's, it. <coughs> It, I do agree. The, the industry needs to be purged. Um, but the benefit to those of us who are authentic is it's, it's so easy to stand out just being ourselves by actually leading with value. And that's how we sell is by building value with people. And it's the beautiful thing. It's like no one else can be you. Right. Be you. you. You can do it best. Sure. Right? The, who's going to take that from you? 
It's like, take your God-given skills, what makes you the best, and really project it out there. I genuinely feel, me being my authentic self and, and helping my clients, mm-hmm. that I will do better by you than anyone else I know. Yeah. You know, not dismissing anyone else. I mean, there's people that are much, much better at their job than I am. Sure. Right. But I do feel in my heart that I will give you everything I got. I will take care of you like my own mom and dad. And if you know me well enough, yeah, there's no one else in higher regard. You know? In this, you know, one I think one of the silver linings of this market that we're going through right now, it's it's like we we know the industry is going to be purged. We know there will be attrition. Who's going to be the ones to fall out? And I, in my opinion, I think it'll be more of the sour apples, uh, people that give us the car salesman name in our business, yeah. than the good people because the good people probably have kept in touch with their people and yeah. actually given value, and and they're continuing to have some baseline of referral and repeat business to help them sustain these times. I think. The people who have just been super transactional, they're going to hurt really bad right now. And also, if they're transactional, it probably means they're in this business just for the money, not for the people. And if you're, you can only fight that battle for so long and not be getting a lot of money before you throw in the towel yeah. and look for the next. Money is never a motivator. I mean, previously, I was studying, before I was in business and finance, I was studying to be a plastic surgeon. That was 21 years of the set plan for me. It's what I wanted to do. I almost got accepted to medical school, went in the whole process, and I backed out of it because it just was not for me. Yeah. People were like, the name, the status, the money. And it's like, if you chase the money, you're going to hate your life. Period. And honestly, you know this very well, especially in our business, money does not come easy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're right. It, it will weed out the people that aren't doing it uh, because it's either a career or they love it or they're trying to help people. If it is very transactional and you're burning bridges with your clients, right. it won't last. Yeah. Um, I've been. It's a tougher process because it's kind of why I got into the business in the beginning. I was always told that the nice guy eats last. And I was always the nice guy. Um, and it just irritated the hell out of me. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah, um, it, yeah. it really did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it just people when I worked in finance, people were like, you, know, you have literally five seconds over the phone. It was started with internal sales sure. to tell people, you know, what you want if you can help them. Otherwise, their bullshit meter would go right off the bat, and they're yeah. like, we're not gonna accept right. it. Um, and so, going back to my comment, where somehow being the nice guy was a bad thing, and that I could never be a businessman, so just stick with. Uh, medicine and, and it just never resonated with me and, and I don't know why but I kept looking for different ways where like you can be nice mm-hmm. you could do good by people and do well right. by other people and you know God will give it back to you or karma or whatever sure. you, you believe and I, and I do believe in that and real estate was one of those things where I can build it as big or as little as I want um, I've been very fortunate enough very very fortunate enough uh, the people I associated with when I first started in the business, my mentors who've been agents, investors in the market, uh, even just people that are much older than me. Um, my dad is one of the wisest people I know, but he basically lives his life in metaphors. So every lesson I have, it's always some sort of lesson. He's like, hang it on your ear. You'll remember this one day. Um, I was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, if you don't have an elder, go find an elder. Go find someone who will teach you. Because the experience that they have, especially someone who's willing to give you advice at no cost or no mm-hmm. benefit to them, that's value. That's money right there in your life. And I've been very fortunate from my, uh, both my father, of course, but people that I've had in my life in real estate from agents and brokers yeah. to have mentored me and guide me and just say, you do right, it'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, and that's how I build my business. I don't have leads. I don't pay for marketing. Um, it's strictly my network referral. And I make what I make. I do well at it. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Um, and I'm hopefully building it some more. But 
all my clients until today have always been just people that have known me or, you know, I've built relationships with them and they come to me. So, yeah, it's nice. I don't, I think it was Alex Ramosi who talked about that being one of the tricks and one of the hardest lines to walk because that is common term nice guys finish last and yes. uh, you got to look out for yourself and stuff um, and or I do think that you if, don't you are, to if you're too to nice and you don't have your own self respect and like here's my own boundaries then you can easily get walked on and taken advantage of and life's going to be tough if you never get to voice your opinion or get yeah. your say at all either but but I think aside from that if you have your own boundaries that you're willing to set with clients or people you're in relationship with and then from there, you're, you're focused every day on what can I give versus what what can I get. The more of that you're putting out, the more it's going to come back yeah. to you, 100%. And, and I think with it, too, is it's not it being nice but also having strength and being smart True. and knowing how to work it. I don't know whether it's a culture or just preconceived notions. If you're the businessman, you're typically walking in you know, the gray, which mm-hmm. if you do it smart and whatever, you're doing your job well. You know what I mean? If you are the asshole or you are doing something wrong or you are constantly cheating people just to be you know to get a paycheck if that's what business means then i don't want anything to be part of it yeah you know i don't want to be part of it whatsoever the reason why i put it literally straight up my logo is working with integrity is i'll be smart i'm knowledgeable i'm very creative and how to work deals how to do it but it's all legal it's all yeah. in the way it should be it's all being smart and educated and that comes through experience working with agents that are much smarter than i am uh real estate uh loan officers that are much smarter than i am teaching me the ways of how to make the deal work how to get them started to me that's skill if you know how to really put a deal together being creative and moving hats around right. but working with integrity that's everything the majority of people i think for me and i don't know why this was my experience but they expected me to just do shady things and to make it happen for them and that's business yeah and it's like that's just not the case like i'm smarter than that why would i choose to do something wrong well we we talk about this all the time because um we're very confident in what we can offer speaking in terms of cardinal financial we know that our value proposition is awesome but in the world of everybody saying they're the best look at me and a lot of people it's a lot a lot of bait and switch out there very much a lot of liars out there if you're you know you're one of the few because you know yourself and you're true to yourself. You know you're one of the few authentic people who are actually under-promising and with intentions to over-deliver um, and not to just try and deceive to, to get the quick deal or the quick money because times are tough and we need the money right now. We need the paycheck. How do we, how, like, how, how do you think that, I guess, I don't know how to phrase this. I'd be curious about my mentality you guys. behind it. You how do you get past that? Because it's obviously repetition and continuing to prove yourself helps you stand out. But I've found it really difficult and sometimes frustrating to to get people to believe like, hey, I'm one of the good ones. Here's my take <laughs> on it. And I don't know if this helps and not to be too much, you know, talking faithful and just staying Set kind of on I was going to go with it. Yeah. Keep faith alive. My dad, again, the wisdom person. <laughs> Sounds like that. a philosopher. That guy should have been like 200 years old. Of his, I don't know. He, he's, just, he's a smart man. He's always told me one thing and it's helped me because I think internally I'm extremely competitive sure. and I want to do well. And I'm the type of person where I feel that if God has, give you, has given you the dream or the idea or an image of a certain life that you can imagine that, he's given you somehow, right, the resources or the ability to obtain that life. Yeah. And I think that's I huge because if I, for instance, my mom, love her to death. A happy and successful life to her is a small house, clean as clean as can be. Sure. Family is happy, all this stuff. She doesn't imagine anything bigger. 
to me, my head's in the clouds, and I mean that literally. <clears throat> There's literally, I mean, it's out there. I want to do so much more. I want to support my family. I come from a family who have quite literally sacrificed everything. They, my, my family comes from very poor, so back home, to the point where it was seven kids. They'd have to put water, litter, bread in water and sugar for them to eat it. My grandma would make uh, clothes out of potato sacks for them to make it work. They built themselves, all seven siblings, to become very successful back home. Then we came to the United States and everything started all over again. So they lost quite literally everything. Mm. And they were like in their 30s or 40s where you would think you were starting to build for retirement. To them, they did everything just to sacrifice. Um, they sacrificed their lives for my sister and me. So mm. when I see that, I, my success is taking care of them, making sure they don't have to worry about a dime um, when they're able to retire and work. And, and me being able to do that as well as achieve my dreams and the life that I want and hopefully my wife and kids in the future and, and to be able to provide for everybody. It's what I'm doing with the money and it's, it's how I choose to live my life. And at the end of the day, honestly, once I'm dead, that money doesn't come with me. Sure. So it's never about the money. It's how I'm using the money for it. Mm -hmm. And it always goes back to what holds you true in line. To me, it's my values. I've learned this because being so competitive, whether you go for a job interview or coming out of college um it's like you're competing with so many different people i remember when i was working at uh, the investment firm that i was at they were saying fifty six thousand people applied for that position and me and 20 others got it it's crazy competitive mm -hmm. right and you would know and i don't know but it's like it's, it's crazy competitive and right. it's sometimes really is who you know or the relationships you build for me i would never want i obviously want to be successful but never compromise my integrity and my values and so this line sticks with me uh in everything i do i talked to my dad that day and i was like i'm nervous i don't know what to do how to impress him he's like emil you have what you have to give period mm -hmm. you give it your all you give it your best and he said and it sounds so much better in arabic because i can't translate the metaphor um, not everything translates. He's like, you could do everything under the sun, but that blessing is not meant to be yours. You will never get it no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. And that makes me feel so good because I will bust my ass. I will do everything I can to get a deal going. But if it's not for me, then no hard feelings. It's never sure. meant for me. Like, I have faith that something better is going for me. Right. He knows my heart. He knows where I'm going. He knows what I'm trying to do with my life. And it's only gonna, he's only going to put me in a position where I am better off, never worse off. And so to me, when it comes to the mentality of um, <clears throat> having abundance or being scarce or not having faith to push you forward or competing in the market, it really is, it, go, it goes back to that. If you're successful, I'm more than happy for you. It was never meant for me. Sure. So why would I ever be jealous or push that towards you? You deserve that. That's meant for you. My business will come to me when it's meant for me, when I'm putting myself in the right opportunities, in the right place. Um, doing the right tasks, whatever it is. And yeah. that's how I hold true to my values. I would never compromise that or my integrity or to do anything or be lured into doing something that's just not right because this is the joking side of it. It's like, I feel like a big handle, like come and smite me. It's like <laughs> karma, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but also you're building your business based on relationships. And if you're gonna build a business based on relationships, which we all agree yes. is important, you have to treat uh, each person with the highest of integrity yeah. if you compromise your integrity or morals because business is slow or times are tough you might lose that relationship forever you might lose uh, every relationship that that person could ever have referred you to forever and so you, you're almost compromising your future for today and so i think 
you know, to, to answer the question you asked, Damien, you know, if we try to treat people the right way and do, and, and do things the right way, even when it's tough, the reward is what comes in the future because you're not creating friction and resistance for your own success. If you're, if you're compromising in the short term because times are tough, it creates friction and resistance for the future. Mm. And so if you're not building a transactional business where you're just buying leads and, you know, chop shop type business, if you're actually trying to build a network of people out there who know you, trust you, love you, and know that you're going to take great care of whoever they refer to you, you have to be consistent with how you treat people. Yeah. yeah. See? Well, now I wasn't as good well, as putting it into <laughs> words the same as you. Well, I think that makes sense. And I, I almost feel like for those people who aren't doing it the right way, um, they can make quick money. Sometimes the ROI will pencil. And yep. you, you can make, you, people do get successful being slime balls, for sure. Yeah. But... I and think I that they to have to do it that, that, that the, the grind, like the, it's so much more of a grind because they never get access to the compound effect that we do. And Alex Ramosi says, nothing compounds faster than goodwill, not even money. And the more people who feel like they owe you something, the more people who feel indebted because of what you've brought into their life, that's the magic key to, to, to scaling. And that's only done through relationships. And so I think in a way, like that's really what we want to do with KFA is like, you know, I mean, we're in a season where everybody's focused on themselves, on their pocketbooks on trying to land another realtor to send them more deals. They're all focused on what's in it for me because they feel like they need to right now because they're desperate for anything to keep the lights on. And in that season, if we can be someone or a group, hopefully, God willing, to emerge as, hey, we were at least one of the people out here who like this, this entire time when everybody's focused on themselves, we were trying to focus on you guys and helping you through this. And that's what I want to hope to create. And yeah. who knows what will happen, like you said, it, you know, I think we have to leave 50% of this world up to the mystical, like, but we all think we can control more than 50% of the equation. We can control our actions and tensions, but the rest is whether you believe in God or karma or whatever it is, the rest is out of our control to some degree. We need someone else to pick up the phone and call us and we can't make that happen. We can only set the the stage for it and and hope that our goodwill um, creates more and more of those opportunities. And I think not to, you know, it's a tough industry just like anyone, any other else. And it's, you know, cutthroat and not to call anyone else like bad agent or something mm-hmm. that's farthest from, but there are agents that do operate outside of, you know, proper ethics or how to take care of their clients. I think realistically, I came through a situation myself personally a couple of weeks ago where it was an interfering agent outside of the transaction that shouldn't even be in the transaction talking, but they happen to know my clients. And I had a way to have to handle it. And I was being disrespected, I think, three times. Like, yeah. very disrespected. I don't operate with disrespect in any way, period. There's just no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you hear people like, why didn't you fight back? Or why don't you say that? It's like, if I let one word stir me up, it's a word. At the end of the day, I give it meaning, not them. Yeah. You know, there's no reason. And realistically, it means I'm not looking out for my client. If I'm going to go head to head, like, I can go head to head. I can hold my own. There's no, trust me, there's no, I'm not lacking confidence in that. At the end of the day, the client is the one who's going to lose out on it. And they're the one that has, they're going to have a sour taste in their mouth. They're going to feel like, okay, if these two other brokers are bickering, then I'm not being taken care of. Yeah. So it's never really worth it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Warrior in a garden. Like you had to learn how to control it. But yeah. I'd be willing to bet that you probably set some boundaries through that. 100%. Real estate agent. So, I think you know, what people might say that, you know, you're not too nice or something like that, but like 
Yeah. But that's what I mean. Is like, you, but you did, you do have a backbone for yourself, and you were yeah, gonna get over you have disrespected. To. You have to. Kindness doesn't mean weakness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The people who misunderstand that, you know, maybe don't know the difference, but you can be kind and strong. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the strongest people. That's true. People who don't talk the most listen more than they talk. Sit in the back of the. That's the <laughs> dangerous guy. Yeah. Another one of my dad's lessons. He's like, "Be the last person to talk." <laughs> there you go. The guy that's in the back that's just watching everything. Look out for him. Yeah. Just like wait for my conclusion. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, but, but no, I mean, I love the industry. I love everyone I get to work with. You guys are amazing, and I think you. the more you align yourself with like-minded individuals that are covering a multitude of things whether it's you know faith or living life in the right way or trying to work professionally um i also think back to your point of relationships and burning bridges some people are like it's business or personal Mm -hmm. to be honest i think it's combined i don't think there is a difference i think if you're operating business and personal but it's who you are and you combine those together like let's say you i have my own cousin brother sister whomever want to work with me i don't just turn business all of a sudden it's like oh that's it cross the t's out the i's i don't know you until after that that we're friends it's like no that relationship is broken after that it's not natural it's not organic Mm. i think if you're able to specifically with our industry because it is a mixture of it all if you're able to just have a baseline of how you work what you're willing to do you know you're going to take care of your people and i think it just you combine it it's so much more authentic Mm-hmm. I think people are going to be taken care of. And I have all this stuff not because of just who I am. Like I've had so many people that have given me the time of day that shouldn't have. So many successful agents and other mentors of mine, business owners and friends and folks, you know, who've been working that, you know, have spent the time that I've listened to learn from them and constantly learning from them to be able to have this mentality and then how they lead. And I think the more you align yourself with them, the more we can make our industry better. And hopefully actually, weed, weed out the people that aren't, you know, sure. willing to do that. Well, I mean, the market might weed out a lot of that for us. You know, but yeah, one of the things started. we're really enjoying about this is getting to meet people and, and start new relationships. And, you know, um, obviously, um, you know, ultimately we want to find new business partners and, and, and have new guests and new speakers and help people, you know, have people help us grow KFA and, and all those things. But, but even at a more immediate level, you know, getting to have relationships with people where we get to have these conversations, I think it helps all of us get through the tough times mm-hmm. because we're all having similar experiences, maybe in different ways. But I think, you know, one of the things that happened, especially during COVID, that's kind of carried over is we've all, you know, sort of been isolated. Yeah. And I think it helps to go through the challenging times with other people. Well, I, mean, I think it's a natural progression. I, and I personally, I don't know for sure, but I feel like from what I'm hearing um, through people who hold events or classes, things like that, um, it seems like people are starting to self-isolate a little bit. And I think a lot of it, honestly, is born out of them maybe in their head telling themselves a story that's not true, um, maybe feeling embarrassed about their not showing up to as much, not the involvement. They haven't dropped out of the business. They still have their license, but they're not, they're not leaning in. And, you, know, you can tell they're starting to slip out and they're passing on more events and um, opportunities to grow or network or whatever. Um, and I think that's common, like that's a form of depression, right? Is, is, is when you, you, you want to isolate yourself. I've dealt with depression. I, I still do sometimes. And, and like the first thing I want to do is just lay in my bed under the covers and just like go to sleep. Like yeah. That's, that's a natural way to like recluse. But I think, you know, if we want to talk from the, the spiritual angle, I think that's a, that's a trick of 
whether you call it force of average and, and on the planet, Satan or, or whatever, trying to convince us that that's, we need to do that. We need to be alone. But I think everything is easier when you're in a community and setting, especially because whatever false story we're telling ourselves, you know, we went from, we used to do 30 deals in a year and I've only done nine this year and poor me, I suck. Well, when you get in a room with 20, 30, 40 other people and you realize, oh, like all of our businesses are down. So I'm not, it's not me. And, you know, and you start beating yourself up a little bit and then yeah. it's like, all right, we're all going to struggle together. Well, that's a good lean point on each other. too. And I think wrapping it in the, in the way that we were saying, if you're with like-minded people, mm-hmm. honestly, if you're making 30 deals a year or you're making five, is it, is it a money thing? Is it a volume thing? Like, what are you comparing? Because there's a lot of people that make small deals, but those deals are big and they're making mm-hmm. a lot more than 40 deals sure, a year. Sure. You know I what think, I mean? And, and it's yeah. like, I think it gets to a point where is, is it competition where like, I have multiple streams that I'm constantly working on. You know, this year has been personally rough. Yeah. And whether business or my personal things are happening outside of that, that affects you. But that doesn't mean it's like I'm making less money or you're making more, all that stuff. And I think there's a few agents in another group yeah. I'm in. They were open about that. And it's so nice. Sure. Like, you know what? I've been struggling. But like, let's help you. Let's get together. Let's make it. Because at the end of the day, if we're all working together, we are all benefiting. We were actually talking about this the other day at our sales training a little bit, and there's certainly the competitive nature that, that, that a lot of us have, but I think some, and I think maybe what Dayton was pointing to is, you know, we're, depending on whether you're in the mortgage or real estate side, you know, we're somewhere around 20, 21 months into this housing recession, um, and a lot of people are getting tired. A lot of people are, are burning out. There's a lot of apathy, and I think for some people it's depression. Some people it's, you know, just don't know what to do but I think for a lot of it is a lot of folks in our industry both on the real estate side and the mortgage side really had sort of an identity of being a real estate agent their identity was being a mortgage person their identity was the level of success that they've had in recent years and when that starts to go away and you throw everything you got at it and it's not enough it starts to really chip away and so yeah. we were talking right. about this and this is we're on a podcast i want to take a moment here everybody is listening if you can if when we talked about that person who's kind of backing off and kind of checking out a little bit if you, if, you, if somebody came to mind call that person just ask them how they're doing we all need to step up right now and reach out to people and just take that mm-hmm. five minutes to make that call and say hey i was thinking about you mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that are struggling a lot of people are hurting and, and i'm hoping that we're getting closer to the end of the season than the beginning, but we don't know. And I think that that's something we can all, you know, put a little bit of energy into. And yeah, so I 100% and I hundred percent agree because I think that I've overcome a lot of this, but about myself personally, but that's, that's me. I mean, I'm 100%. And the issue is if we have too much ego involved when times are good and we're crushing it, we give ourselves the credit and, and we're like, I'm the man. Like, even if we're not openly cocky about it, like in our head, we're like, I'm getting really good at this. I made that. I made how much this this year? And so when when we go a long stretch of time, feeling like, well, you know, every year I keep doing it, keep putting the deals on the board, keep getting the checks, and then it goes away, we realize how little, you know, it actually had to do with us, and right. and that's hard to digest. And I don't want to say little, but like we weren't we weren't everything here. Yeah. There were some some wins that were carrying us, and, and and like what you said though, the loss of identity, and that's what I worry about more than people falling out of this business. Like, I want to see all of our friends survive this, weather the storm, um, and stay in the business. Some people m- may get out of the business, find something else that they love more, and like it ended up working for their benefit. But I what I worry more about is when people lose their identity, 
um, them falling into worse times. I mean, yeah. we live in a, a world now where like drug drug abuse, suicide, depression, that stuff's real and it's it's climbing alarmingly fast. And that's what I worry about more than anything. And I think isn't our industry one of the top, like other than lawyers and doctors, the highest dentists, I think is one uh, of the big ones. Yeah, one of the highest. I don't know the rankings, but it's up there. It didn't mean to turn this podcast. No, no, no. And that's honestly the real stuff that we should talk about. Whenever the opportunity presents itself to, because, you know, you never know when somebody might make that call that it changes the direction of that person. Yeah. So I just feel like we talked about this a lot during COVID too. You know, there's a, there's a mental health crisis in this country and we need to take some time to help each other out. So Mm -hmm. not to take the whole conversation there, but no, I, I think just to support your comment and both yours as well. And, um, I don't talk about this publicly often, you know, in our culture too, I was, for me, the way I was raised is you're tough, you're tough, you're tough, you're tough. You build, you constantly, um, you know, breach the glass ceiling, go for the next one, go for the next one. And, and I've been in that position my Very whole life. achievement based? Either achievement or you're constantly able to have the mental strength to push through and go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I constantly am the type of person where I love a heavy built schedule, toss things my way and I'll be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Don't leave me alone. I don't like that. I don't like to be not busy or not crazy. Um, and to your comment of depression, things like that, um, maybe it was a lesson for me and God made me stronger in doing it, but I went through a few life changes that I think I can, I was definitely depressed. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to ask for help. Um, I did not know where to go, how to go. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing until some, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have an amazing support system and family, but even them, they don't deal with it. You know, mental health isn't a thing that we, you know. Either you push through or you go or, you know, you figure out or you kind of push it under the rug and hopefully it goes away kind of thing. Yeah. So it took a while for people around me, for me to officially understand my feelings mm-hmm. to say, I think I'm not doing well here. And I think it's when you get to that point, and you're able to address it, then you really do get better. Yeah. And honestly, it's a constant battle. It's, it's like life is like this mm-hmm. and we have to ride the roller coaster. But if you have the right people and to your point, reaching out and making sure you know i was very fortunate that i did have people reach out to me and it made a world difference mm-hmm. it got me out of the house it got me out of um the personal situation that i was in and for me it affected both emotionally my family financially everything yeah. like it took my life to a position where i was like yeah. i'm not a bad person i don't know why this is happening to me but it it took years to recover yeah um but it, you're right 100 percent. i think it for me, I try to do my best where I'm never too busy enough. Um, that if I think of somebody, I just say, thought of you, quick hello, past your house. Hi, how are you? Um, I've been very fortunate to have that happen to me, and it, it's put me in a better men- yeah. uh, mental space. Right. And I think it's interesting you bring that up. Like, It frustrates me because, and I know everybody has their own outlook to how they view strength, but I feel like the people who are willing to be vulnerable, who could sit on stage, like when I see someone be real from stage and with tears in their eyes holding like and they're getting choked up and they're but they're still sharing their message or their testimony there's nothing more like like i don't think some like be a man right like there's there's nothing more manly or like just awe-inspiring than someone willing to be vulnerable because half the audience or most of us in the audience are sitting back there and we know i would i couldn't do that that's uncomfortable but look at them pushing through their discomfort and being vulnerable and, but, but for some reason, this world tells us that the strong thing to do is to, to hold it inside. Don't bring other people into it. Don't, you know, but it's like, is that, is that really, is that really harder than being vulnerable and telling your truth? And I think with that too is 
it's a tough world that we live in. So I think it's also understanding who you're being vulnerable to. If they're going to be receptive, if they're going to use it as ammo against you. Sure. Unfortunately, I think some of that stems from that last comment where sometimes you're vulnerable to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced this in my life where I'm working on being successful. I don't have any intention of ruining your success or anyone else's success. But I've realized some of the people that are closest to you don't want you to be successful. Yeah. They don't want you to figure it out. You know, it, yeah. Or sometimes well, that, that, that makes sense because if you're successful, then but it's kind of funny because they don't I don't see excuses. Right? Yeah, you but know, what I'm working towards, I always say, I am very wealthy, rich. I will be wealthy. I am because the things that I have in my life, no amount of money can buy. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been beyond beyond blessed, and so when I'm trying to hustle and do what I can to build the life that I want. Obviously, monetarily, we all need it. It's a means to an end in this world. Mm -hmm. And you're around people where you think, you know, you're open, open up to them and you can tell you have a vibe that it really, they don't wish you well. Those people stay away from because those, those yeah. that, that association is only going to hurt you later on. You know, uh, we have a saying that's, uh, again, Middle Eastern saying, so we'll see I if I it. translate this well. Um, a friend who will tell you the truth, I think, either make you cry and cry with you, not have you laugh and laughing at you. Mm -hmm. Basically, someone who's by your side who understands life. Forget ego, just being a human being. And I think understanding that if your time hasn't come, it will come. You will fall and you will learn a lesson. And there's a reason for everything that happens. So it's like, you're going to need people around you when that time happens to you. So it's like, think about that, right? Not kick your friend when they're down mm -hmm. or don't care because it doesn't suit you. Um, and I just try to keep that in my mind because maybe again, I'm very fortunate with, you know, I'm 90 years old on the inside, I feel, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I've had a lot of lessons in life mm -hmm. that, and even when my ego got the best of me mm -hmm. and literally I walk outside and God literally gives it right back. I was like, fine. I learned my lesson. You're right. Like I've literally, I talk with them. I'm like, Oh, I effed up. You're making us look bad because it takes me way longer to learn my lessons. Well, no, I, I, I fell through so many times, yeah. you know, like I'm speaking from experience sure. and it's, I've been through a lot of places where it's like, yeah. Yeah. So it took a long well, time to recognize. Humble, the universe will humble you. But I think one of the things that we were kind of talking about or thought you were going there is there's a thing we kind of refer to as the force of average, the law of average, which is not, you know, a mathematical statistical thing where you average you know whatever but it's more of when the people in your life if you start to elevate yourself some of them resist that yes because it makes them uncomfortable because they're not doing the same thing or it makes them feel like you're going to move to a different level without them or because there's it, a variety it, it of takes reasons. their excuses away and some if you came from the same and speaking from whether it's family or a close friend growing up and you you share a lot of similarities in your story and your background and You've been comfortable and at this place in both your lives, but you start to take off, and then they start to realize like all the excuses they've told themselves. Well, it can't be true because a meal fought through them, and and that's uncomfortable. And so they might try and subtly or not so subtly pull you down. But like one of the, my favorite things, like if your friend comes to you and says you changed, you should look back at him and go, you haven't. Like, what are you talking about? Why would we ever stay the same? We should be changing. Like, but isn't that also defined in different ways for most people? Don't you think? Because like I feel like success is defined differently for a lot of people. Sure. You know, I was told before it's like it, it, if you speak to a person who's content and successful within in their life by their own definition, 
whether that's money, whether that's making 50 a year and you're happy, you're healthy, you're safe, you can take your vacation once a year. You know, making more money to me, I've realized, does come with problems. It's not always, I'm making more money, I'm more free. No, it comes with like, let's go shopping for new Benz, let's go buy this Rolex, or let's go do that, and all of a sudden, your money dwindles. And again, another Milad saying, money is like salt, a drop of water, it melts away. So it's like, if, if you're successful by just money, that means nothing, sure. right? But I think if you're around people that are successful and content with who they are, and they know who they are as a people, whether they're rich or poor, they will elevate you. Like you come to them with your issues or your problems, they will only help you. You'll never kind of feel yeah. negativity from them. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. Sure. Yeah, everybody's got their own frame that they look at success. And some people, you know, view money as the measurement. Uh, others, you know, view money as a as a tool to go and achieve the things that they actually care about. So, but at the end of the day, it's not a judgment on other people. I think it's just an acknowledgement when you see that in your life where. It feels like somebody's trying to pull you down and you don't really understand why. It could be the force of average. Yeah. Uh, and it's also the reason why people say, you know, if you want to change, and this is not me coaching, but no, if you, no. I, I think about this myself. If I want to change my level of success, i got to change the people I'm surrounded by. Mm-hmm. It's one of the benefits we talked about early on with KFA. Like We want to get around the people that share our beliefs and share our values and you know, make us want to grow and be better and, and help pull us up. You know, uh, not that the people we were associating with before weren't, but if you upgrade your surroundings, you can upgrade your your situation. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. And I know we're trying to be here. There's a lot of people that are saying this, but not to offend anybody. But I think the reality of life is what it is. We all learn to associate with the people that we want to be like. Like for me, if, if I'm taking advice from somebody, I'm gonna take advice from someone who has what I want with a lifestyle because you yep. learn to grow. Yeah. And I think regardless of how successful you are, if you can't identify that, you have a lot to work on personally. Mm. right it's like there's times where I feel like I'm soaring <laughs> literally it's like whoop, knock down earth you're human <laughs> you're making a mistake or something happens yeah. or you know and Couple I've times a week. advice from my younger sister or, or a 13 year old kid who has like a, literally in church he had a different outlook on life and I looked at it I was like I really messed up today mm. you know so, so you never know where it comes from but I think be open and receptive to it yeah well, in like success or happiness or whatever you're chasing, I, I also think it, it probably should be tied to something internal, not external, yeah. not just the results. Like, are, are you better today than you were yesterday? Are you happy that you are growing? And I think like most people just don't. It does a really hard thing to, to, to get into your life. I think that from a spiritual level, a lot of religions actually help with that and help you find that. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's like... I look around and I think that most people suffer from trying to find happiness outside. It's like, and it's it, but it makes sense because it's hard to find it inside if you're not ha- if you if you think you're if you personally think you're kind of a scumbag because you cut corners and you're not doing things right. It's going to be hard to be happy inside sitting with yourself in a quiet room. That's another conversation you know? for a long, long time. <laughs> happiness. I think it, it's so funny. Again, I think I'm 90 years old. I really am. Like I'm meant to live 100 years ago, or just the mentality. I always say jokingly, but you know. I, I think people put too much pressure on happiness or illusion, or it's like the one-all be-all. You know, uh, I don't even know if I said that right, but for me, I think for on, on that note, right, I deal with a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm looking for my own happiness. I said, okay, what does that mean to you? And once they find happiness by their definition, they go do it. And I've literally had this comment, I was like, are you happy? And they're like, no. Mm. You know, I, I, I fall short in that happy because I always put duty first. 
which purpose. is very, very, very bad in some ways because, and it's very great in other ways. Where mm-hmm. I, I have my responsibility, I think, as a son, as a future father and husband, and, and my responsibility to my parents and the people that have loved me and raised me. Mm-hmm. I try to keep that at the forefront of, of my head and how I lead my life. Sometimes too much, where like I'm sacrificing my own personal life, which is not how God made this earth, and you know the next chapter of life. Like you're supposed to lead your own life and 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 take care of your family, yes, but also do it in a way where like you're progressing forward, not just stalling your life. Sure. But a lot of people focus on happiness, where it's like, what is happiness? Well, that's the question. What makes you happy? To me, honestly, sometimes I've realized it's not about a life that I want. I've been where I've had three dollars to my name. And I've been where I've had several hundred thousand dollars just sitting in a bank account, mm-hmm. where did it make me happy? It made me, made me feel secure, maybe, sure. yes, financially set. But happy was, for me, where seeing my parents healthy, or I'm literally driving in a car that I can comfortably afford, and this is me being a guy, I guess, in that way. I like cars. You're just driving comfortably on the freeway, hearing the engine and just listening to music, and for that quick five minutes, I feel fully at peace. There's nothing affecting me. No. That's happy. That's what I mean. When when some, if you were to ask me what makes me happy, there's a long list of things. But since you brought up cars, I like cars as well. I have a couple of classic cars, and I don't have them as trophies, but I have them number two because I love driving them. But even more importantly than that, every single time I walk out of my garage to get a water or soda or take the garbage out, I smile. Every time I see my cars, I'm like, I love those cars. That's that's happiness to me. It's not about the money. I mean, the money afforded me the ability to get them. Working hard afforded me the ability to get the money. But it's the smile that I get every single time I go out there. It's the joy when you hear your kids laugh. It's coaching sports and watching, you know, your kids celebrate victories. Those are the things that make me happy. But happiness isn't something you can find, I don't think. I think it's a decision. Yeah, you create it. You get to decide how you feel about the stuff that's that you're you're perceiving that comes into your environment on a daily basis you get to decide if when your kid wakes you up in the middle of the night because you have a, a newborn if it's you, you're upset about it or if you're grateful that you get to spend time with your kid you now wayne salmons that that's a story that yeah. shook me to my core when he first told it a while ago about one of his friends that i think wayne's and i, I might be quoting it wrong but i remember it he's he's he, he had a friend who was complaining they were at a party or I think and one Wayne of his was friends complaining to his friend. Yeah, okay. Wayne was complaining to his friend about having to get up in the middle of the night to take care of his kids. Yeah. You want, you want me to finish it? And the friend just <laughs> looked at him and pretty much just said, do you know how much I would give to be able to wake up in the middle of the night one more time with my kid because mm-hmm. his kid had passed away? And, and so he said, you get to. You, you don't have to. You don't have to. You get to. Yeah. I've, I've never forgotten that either since that day. But I think it's... It's just everything, too. I mean, and, and that's where it, happiness starts with gratitude. And um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and, and the, he was asking his guest, like, I, you know, if I, if I told you or tomorrow you wake up and I called you and I said, I'm giving you a million dollars, would you be, like, through the moon? Like, would, would anything piss you off that day, or would you be happy all day because you had this massive win right away? Of course. That would be amazing. I said, okay, what if I told you you can have this million dollars, but – in 24 hours, you're not going to ever wake up again. You don't get it the next day. Life's over. Would you do it then? Well, no, of course not, because I wouldn't be alive to enjoy it. Well, then why don't we wake up in the morning with the same feeling like a million bucks? Because we have another opportunity. Because right. you just told me that having another day on this planet was more valuable to you than the million dollars. But we don't act like it. Gluttony, social media. I think a lot of people 
it's kind of funny and, I, and you learn to measure yourself with the money that you have or the material things that you have you kind of realize money is infinite you can always create more mm-hmm. right yeah. and what's even worse is no matter how high your ambitions are there's always someone better than you mm-hmm. so what's the point like that's like a ladder that you're never going to stop climbing like be content with who you are and build it you know money use it as a resource to have what you need for the time that you, you know everyone's different like i said you can make a lot of money but your bills are twice the amount of money that you're making you're screwed mm-hmm. yeah it's it's the small things in life and to go you know full faith for me as a christian everything else real real happiness is when it's time with him that's it for me that's my view on it yeah um happiness is in the smallest things in life and whatever faith you believe but truly at the end of it all that's for me that's it yeah like that's going to be real happiness where i'm not struggling there's no more pain where there's no more sickness or people's you know having a hard time and to your point exactly we've had a few friends of ours which is extremely sad um a few of them one in particular i can't name names but um literally just woke up and one month found out she has stage four cancer and out of nowhere fully healthy no issues whatsoever um a daughter a son husband life friends and all of a sudden now people are struggling to figure out the parties and all this drama which middle eastern's we always have our own drama and things going on they realize like she's fighting for her life and her days are numbered and god willing she has a long life to go but stage four doctors don't know what's going on it just appeared right then and there it's like that's hard you know, and, and that's a tough life. And it's it's sad that we get to a point where I'm constantly learning this lesson and trying to run myself. We have to get to a point where something drastic has to happen to get a glimpse of life, learn our lesson. And unfortunately, we humans are creatures of habit. We go back to life again, mm-hmm. social media and everything else. Like it's if you don't find the small things in life that are going to fulfill you, mm-hmm. literally nothing will. Right. And that's why I say decision, though, because I agree, like our prehistoric brain, like we're we're wired to constantly look for the threats. Like, like where's the line, the mountain lion coming out of the bushes to kill us? Why are you looking at me right now? And so, sorry. Uh, I woke up this morning looking for the threats. I came in the office. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going wrong. And that's going wrong. And Jerome Powell, he doesn't shut his face. I'm going to kill him. It's just like we're going to create him, even if everything is great. We have millions of dollars we're still going to find, and our brain's going to pay close attention to the stuff that irritates us, pisses us off. And, yep. um, and so we find that whether, it, and then we realize when something like that happens and perspective comes into the equation, we realize, oh my gosh, why was I ever even, I, I have no time or energy to think about this other stuff. That's ridiculous because the perspective comes into the equation, but I think that that's, that's the hard part is like tapping more into our spiritual side, which is finding happiness and being grateful and living through gratitude so that we can train ourselves. And I think it takes effort to train yourself to be able to live in that space more. Daily. And for me, too, also coming from a, a culture where you're constantly, like, for me, uh, it was always like, do well, be the best you can be. Like, for us, it was a grading system out of 9 and 10 when I was back home in Syria. And, and 9 is an A, but it's not like a 10. And I remember it was in college once, I was telling my dad, and my family and I have very close relationships. I was like, hey, I got 98% on this you know, midterm. I'm very, very happy about it. But, you know, I did well. And he's like, where's the extra 2%? I was like, I don't know. I misspelled my name. Like, it's an A still. Like, be happy for me. <laughs> but it's always like that high, high pressure, you know? And it's the, this, I think, realizing now it's like 
instead of taking that as like you're like raining on my parade, I think change your mentality where it'd be like, he cares about me to ask why, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. Sure. He calls me, he's in my business all the time, all the time. Right? But it's like I'm very grateful to have, you know, in my case, a father or mother who cares so much about me, they're willing to like ruin their day to put me on the right path. Um, we've had a few things happen to us in the last few years, one of which is we almost lost my dad on Father's Day. Oh. And it's the, yeah. Um, I guess we have health issues in the family, heart-wise, and so on diabetes. I was like, rack it all up. Like, fat, bulb, what else can we get? <laughs> like, just <laughs> stack it on us. <laughs> um, but we almost lost him on Father's Day, and, you know, he's the type of person where he always put his family first. And when you realize with money, it's like he, we, 100%, he had a heart attack, and I can sense the symptoms coming. So I told my mom, I was like, rush him. The guy never goes to the doctor. Mm. Like, ever. You have to drag them to the doctor. Yeah. But it got so bad to the point where we we're making it to the emergency room, and he literally was running through because he realized something was so bad. So he suffered two major heart attacks and a stroke, and we had one month where we were walking on eggshells where, like, his heart rate was so bad mm -hmm. that a small spike in blood pressure, I guess, or anything else, it'll puncture through, and we would lose him right there. Not even the medication or anything could save him at that point. So we found that out, and I was literally planning. I was like, okay, I got my house. We got money. We'll resell this. I'll, you know, I'll, we got, you, you kind of think of, like, how do we have him, mm -hmm. not the money. Yeah. And it just goes to show where it's like at the end of the day, when you're tested in life, money is a tool. It helps you, but yep. God forbid, even if you don't have it, mm. your life, your family, the people they have in your world, your chosen family, which is your friends and you know all that stuff, that's really what matters. We're human beings at the end of the day, right? Money is just a resource. And mm. for him, I was like, okay, great. And I was like, you know, your life. I was like, no, forget my house, forget everything else, all my belongings. Like none of it makes. It is has any value compared to my own dad? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so, and I and I think the more, like I said, social media, it's all the Bentleys and the diamonds and all that stuff. And I like it just as much as the other person. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you have to focus on the real things in life that actually matter. Yeah. You know, not the money. You got some ice on your Bentley? I, I got one day. <laughs> <laughs> Get <laughs> on the Rolex. Be like, let's go. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I think if that's good with you guys, I think, I think you nailed it, Emil. That was you easy, guys. right? Yeah. Appreciate you having me. I was very nervous, to be honest. Yeah. Just but. hanging out, man. Just a conversation among friends. That's how it goes. I love it. I love it.